Welcome to another Brave Conversation. Just real girls talking real life. I hope you're encouraged as you listen in and join the conversation. Well, I'm stoked today to have my special guest, good friend Naomi Harris. Welcome today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I've already got the giggles. That's good. So I wanted to um, give an opportunity to share some of your story today, Naomi. I know you've been on a really big journey for the last little while, you and Ben. Um, so I thought it'd be great encouragement for all the brave listeners out there to hear it, um, to hear some of the ups and the downs and the things that got you through. So um, welcome today. Thank you for sharing your story with me. Thank Let's you. get to know you a little bit first though. You ready? Okay. Yep. Are you a winter girl or a summer girl? Ooh, summer. Summer. Mm. Okay. Not snuggled up in front of a log fire or? No, I feel the cold. So okay. yeah, I, I just. You're yeah. a frog. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, so country or beach? Beach. Beach. Yeah. Okay. Savory or sweet? Oh, sweet at the moment. Sweet at the moment. Yeah, in my okay. pregnancy I was totally savory. Ah. But now back to sweet. Yeah. Did you find that interesting? Did any of your taste buds completely change while being pregnant? That surprised you? Yeah, like with sweet stuff. Like I would I was generally a sweet tooth before and chocolate, but I was so offered in my pregnancy. Just no, I just was not interested in sweet food. And now wow. it's like I'm making up for it. I just cannot get enough. <laughs> like I never used to be able to have hot chocolate and chocolate, whereas now I can just do both. Oh, that's terrible. I remember tea going metallic. Yes. Like almost tasted like yes. metal. I didn't Which was drink devastating. much tea. Yeah, I did not drink much tea. And I was off coffee for a little while. Yep. But then that, that came back, yeah. So are you a tea or coffee girl generally? Coffee more so. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. now that you're waking up in the middle of the night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so speaking of waking up in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. um, tell us a little bit about the journey that you've been on for the last few years. Oh, goodness. Um, so for us, it's it's a fertility journey. I intentionally always say fertility rather than infertility. Yep. Um, I just think that's just a thing for me. Um, so we... Yeah, tried for four and a half years to have a baby and we tried naturally for about six months um, until we sort of started to get some intervention and um, just some tests to just start the process, which I thought no doctors would would do. But with the GP we went to was like, no, we can start that, the ball rolling now. Um, So we... In a nutshell, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> we went to three specialists and we had like every test that you can have, including the test that they say, oh, we won't worry about that one. Um, I had day surgeries, exploratory surgeries, um, ones that, you know, took tissue to test, lots of different medications and six rounds of IVF. Um, wow. Yeah, so um, in amongst all that... We had two miscarriages, (laughs) Um, lots of hurt and disappointment. Um, But yeah, I guess it sort of started in 2017. Um, So we, at that stage, sort of been trying for two years. Um, So this is the start of our IVF journey. Um, In April, we did a round that didn't work. And then in July, we did a second round and found out I was pregnant. And I was pregnant for two days. 
And I was actually here at church volunteering um, when I started to miscarry. Um, And two people prayed for me here, um, not really knowing what was going on. And um, unfortunately, yeah, I, I lost that that baby, which was really hard because it was at church. Yeah. <laughs> um, which just, you know, when you're a Christian, yeah. people, you know, pray for you and it, it's been so hard to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, that just really didn't make sense. That was really tough. And then um, we did IVF again in November that year, which is a lot. In yeah. Like some people do like six months in between. They do it once a year um, to do it in three rounds in five months, it's it's pretty hectic. (laughs) Because it's physically demanding. Yeah. It's expensive. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Like there's medication leading up to doing a transfer, they call it. Yeah. And then medication during as well. And we did another round in Ivy um, in November, sorry. And that was touch and go, that pregnancy. That was really, that was probably the toughest one. Um, cause my hormone levels were going up and down. Yeah, I had bleeding, um, and just really felt so faithful that that was going to be our miracle. And, you know, that was going to be our time and, you know, and unfortunately it was, um, at seven week scan, there was no heartbeat. Um, and it was actually a blighted ovum. So that's where it's essentially the embryo doesn't actually develop into a baby. Right. And the hormone levels and things that when you're getting tests to say that you're pregnant, it's actually sort of coming from the egg, the egg sac rather okay. than, yeah. So it's like a phantom yeah. pregnancy sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. It's not technically a, a, um, a miscarriage because it's not, tech, it wasn't, didn't actually yeah, kind right. of develop into, yeah, baby, I don't know. Um, so yeah, so there's no heart, so that was, that was super rough. <laughs> um, and unfortunately as well with that, I started bleeding the following like morning before I had my DNC. So it's like, yeah, like, yeah, the med- I stopped taking the medication and then it was just like straight away yeah. it sort of started happening. So it was, to me, it kind of had the same feeling as a miscarriage. Yeah. Yeah. So because we're that bit further along, whereas with that other, the first one was only four and a half weeks technically. And then since then we did four more rounds. So we're, so 2018 we did one 2019 we did two so it was almost 12 months ago that we so August 2019 we did our so we had eight embryos and we transferred two twice this in August 2019 we transferred two uh, frozen embryos and um, they actually both took. <laughs> so I was like, right, twins then. Okay, that's all right. We'd be done. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's obviously a higher chance when they transfer two of twins. So we found out that we had two. And how we found out was because I thought I was having bleeding again at about five weeks. So we had um, some early scans, saw that there was two um, And then about a week later, I actually had severe bleeding again. And we were away on holidays, came back, <laughs> went to um, the Marta private at like 6am. We were at the Sunshine Coast and just drove there. We had a scan 
and there was two heartbeats, <laughs> which is just amazing because you just think, just tell me it's done. Okay, just yeah. tell me it's done because yeah. I'm in a lot of pain <laughs> yeah. and I just can't go through this again, you know, yeah. when you're so stoked and then it's just touch and go again. Um, yeah, so and then two weeks later or a week later, we had a scan with our specialist, IVF specialist, and there was only one. Right. There was only one heartbeat. So one little one. They call it a vanishing twin. Okay. So they just didn't progress. Yeah. Which was obviously devastating at the time. Yeah. Um, you have a massive family in heaven. <laughs> totally. <laughs> You're going to be that yeah. lady with the minivan in heaven. Did you yeah. realise that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just as long as there's a girl coming, I'll be all right. <laughs> Don't next talk doctor. to me about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, so that was sad, but then this little one, so then he sort of, our specialist said as well, you can probably expect another bleed. So that little one didn't progress and then you, he said you can probably expect another bleed because yeah. there's just sort of a pocket of blood um, in my uterus there, but praise the Lord, I didn't have one yep. <laughs> because the first one was rough and really painful and you can't take anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that was amazing that, yeah, and then from 10 weeks onward it was like a – Seamless pregnancy, which is just amazing to have even every week, you know, to even get to seven weeks was kind of our first milestone because that's heartbeat scan and we hadn't gotten that far. Um, Yeah, so those early days were rough, but then the pregnancy from then, it was like, he was textbook. My pregnancy was textbook. It was just, you know, a few bits and pieces, but I wouldn't, you know, I was sick, but I wouldn't, it wasn't horrendous. And um, I, yeah. It kept taking medication till I was 11 weeks. And then, yeah, everything was great after that. And then our little son Edison was born in April this year. So gorgeous. Yes, he's beautiful. And, yeah, he's he's great. He was healthy all along and he's a healthy bub now. And, you know, yep. we prayed for a healthy, strong uh, baby and that's exactly what he yep. is. He's healthy and strong and happy and he's just, yeah, he's a really good baby. We've been super blessed yeah. through all of that. So amazing. Yeah. So amazing to see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think we were all just, you know, I know even for me personally, I just waited for those key milestones to yeah. come and it's like, yes, okay, awesome. Mm, yeah. So we're all stoked for you. Yeah. Totally stoked for yeah. you. Um, and even though things were going well in the pregnancy, was there just that question mark? Because you'd been devastated so many times before. Was it hard to almost celebrate? That journey, you know, with that yeah. caution of mm. something still could go wrong yeah. or, yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. Every scan, we um, we went private and so I think we had more scans than um, other, pla- other places yep. would. Um, so every scan I would, yeah, I would still get nervous that yeah. there would be something. Yeah. And I kind of, it was still always in the back of my mind sort of even, you know, right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just amazing, you know, when we had the morphology scan and they're saying, yep, normal, mm. this, that. And it's just like, it just kept blowing my I, I even said it out loud like three times to the radiographer <laughs> or whatever they call them. Are you sure? Yeah, Are that's sure? right. I just, can't, I just can't believe it. I just, I just can't believe that everything's just, you know, tracking exactly as it, yeah. as it should be, which is, you know, it's great. It's what we deserve. Not that other people deserve hardship, but, yeah. you know, when, you've, when it's been so rough, you just yeah. hope that... That it was time. Yeah. yeah. It's such a trust thing. I think everybody in pregnancy, it's such a trust journey. You just yep. got to trust 
the Lord and trust that everything is going to be okay. And yeah. 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 Massive journey. Yeah. So was it a challenge you had to overcome to actually say yes to IVF? Did that feel like you were, you know, not waiting for the miracle or Mm. did it feel like you were taking things into your own hands or Mm. tell us a little bit about the IVF side of it? Yeah, that's a huge one. That was a constant struggle, I think, between, um, yeah, are we doing this in our own strength or are we doing this with the Lord? Yeah, you know, and the Lord created doctors. So we, yeah, we decided to, you know, to go down the IVF um, path. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a real a real challenge. So with IVF, it's, it's a lot of uh, – it's quite invasive. Yeah. So we – to start with, we had um, – so you get pumped full of hormones <laughs> and then they Yay. didn't. And Oh, yeah. So great. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Um, and that's not only orally as well, just to kind of be yeah. that graphic as yeah. well. It's not only, yeah, so it's, it's in a lot of different ways um, with medication. And so then they take your products, if you will, <laughs> put them together um, to make the embryos and then um, – they freeze them. So we were really fortunate in that I got 20 eggs, which was probably almost something they're called hyperstimulated, which is probably a little too many, which means yep. also like your ovaries were probably close to the size of oranges, which is a right. little too much. But anyway, <laughs> it's trial and error, I think, with the medication and how you'll go. So, yeah, so then we – from that, the lab tells you – gives you updates every day about how the embryos are going, which ones have survived and developed. And wow. it's actually quite – it's yeah. actually quite amazing. amazing. It is amazing really interesting um and so by day five they're a blastocyst and they freeze them at day five so at day five we had nine embryos which is really good yep some people get one two and and that's it wow that's all they'll kind of ever get because we're women are all born with the um however many eggs you're going to have for your lifetime really Mm. Yeah. Wow. So that was, yeah, one of the many tests before even IVF. Yeah. So then, yeah, so then they freeze them and then from – so we did a fresh cycle and then we did frozen cycles from then on. So, um, yeah, so we sort of found that um, I had, yeah, like a little bit of bleeding, like I said, and so I had to have – by the end, they sort of upped the medication and tried different formulas because I was a big question mark as to why it wasn't working and Ben was um, all fine. Um, and so I was having, I was doing needles, two types of oral medication a day, and then I had pessaries four times a day, five times a day by the end, which are not taken orally. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and that's a lot. Um, that's a lot of medication. Yeah, gosh. Um, to keep the embryo, embryo, embryos, it was in the end, in there and keep bleeding from stopping. Um, yeah, and, and the, the beautiful thing actually about Edison is that he is our, from that frozen cycle, he, they were the last two embryos that we had. Wow. Yeah. Not to say that that's all we can go again if we need to. Yep. Um, but from the, yeah, from that one frozen cycle that we did hit, they were the last two embryos wow. that we transferred and we had this, um, pro, uh, procedure in Melbourne that we went twice in two months and it was, yeah, that lasts for about six months. And so August, when when we conceived him, um, was the sixth month. Wow. So last two embryos <laughs> and the like right on the cusp of yeah. that treatment being effective yep. as far as they're aware. Um, 
So that in itself as well is, is part to be. of yeah, yeah, part of the miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, IVF is a it's a it's a full on thing. You've got to be um ready for it. and I don't think you know <laughs> you know what it's like till you get into it. But it's a very personal choice. Yeah. Um and some people that's the path they choose and other people it's not and that's totally fine. It is yeah. a very personal it is a very personal choice and I think it's um when you know, whatever works for you. I know other people go to osteopaths and it works for them. Yep. Um, we tried acupuncture and that, you know, that didn't seem to, yeah, we tried a few different things, but for us, this, this is what worked for us. But I know it's a very personal choice. Yep. Um, and something that. Um, Everybody's story is a bit different, yeah, you know, the yeah. journey looks a bit different. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would never sort of say do this, do this, do this, because yep. everyone's, you know, not formula but it worked, different things work for different people. That's yep. very, yeah. What was the hardest part for you, do you think? Like obviously there's so many things at play. You even spoke about your hormone levels and how that must have just been up and down constantly mm. and keeping peace or emotions in check mm. or your thoughts in check. Like yeah. what was sort of the hardest part for you, do you think? Um, I think obviously the disappointment um, each time you – do around so yep. with the six two didn't work just no explanation and, and we were a big question mark to our fertility specialist he he didn't even know wow. why that's frustrating yeah there was not really anything major yeah that they found to be the cause for why we weren't falling pregnant um so yeah and then to have had the two miscarriages and then Actually, was it three that didn't work? I forget. Anyway, <laughs> so I think you just think, yeah, just the disappointment through it throughout it all, and then how that um, just the waiting—it's long, yeah. you know, four and a half years. Yep. Of just waiting for the one thing you so desire, and I'm super maternal. Like I'm a big sister, yeah, and I'm a big sister across the board. Like that's yep. who I, I actually am, but I'm very maternal and I'm very um, nurturing, and yep. as a teacher. So I love kids. Couldn't wait to have kids. Yeah. Um, and never would have thought that this would be, you know, the hardest season of our lives, my yeah. life. Um, yeah. So I just think the disappointment and the waiting and then the way that affected relationships, mental health as well, definitely struggled yeah. with mental health, anxiety and depression. And um, that's really hard. You know, you don't, it doesn't really get talked about that much, particularly in church, you know. Yep. That's a really that's really hard to know how to navigate that well. Um and then yeah, relationships. There's lots of people close to me having, you know, having babies and yep. you know, I love, you know, love my nieces and nephews and friends' kids and yep. you know. But it's really hard when, you know, um when that's exactly what you want and it's happening yep. all around you. Um that that was really hard, I think, on relationships. And then the guilt of that, yep. With yeah, myself, you know, feeling guilty I for. I should be ecstatic. I should yeah, be, yeah, which yeah. you are. Yes, yeah. I remember you talking about the joy and pain. Yeah. in one breath. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. My my beautiful counsellor, she um, has been so instrumental in healing through all of this. Yep. Um, and she, yeah, she gave me that analogy of you know, two hands side by side, the joy and the pain existing, and that they can coexist. Yeah. Because that's exactly, yep. that is exactly how you feel, you know. Yep. So and I think that can be really damaging when we assume we shouldn't be feeling mm. the pain. We should only be feeling mm-hmm. the joy. And yes. it's almost recognising we're human and mm. we have human needs mm. along with everybody else. Yeah. We can actually 
feel excited for somebody mm. and devastated for ourselves mm. at the same time. Yeah, that's really hard to wrestle with. I yeah. really struggle with that for a long time. The guilt of feeling. Yeah. Those natural, yeah, yeah. those natural feelings. And did you find you and Ben processed different differently? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would – I'm a big venter. <laughs> and so I <laughs> – and I know I'm pretty in touch with my feelings generally. Yep. Um, and so I would kind of, you know, with those initial Gotta disappointments. Get it out. Oh, yep. yeah, totally, straight away. And he would sort of delay – I think he would process. And then when I was – shame the poor thing, but like I think when I was okay, then he kind of fell apart yep. a few days later. Um, yeah. So I think we both – you know, we obviously it draws you closer together, but I think it also – there's, it does create a bit of yeah. a wedge, I think. takes a toll. Yeah, it does. It does because you're both so disappointed and you've both yep. got your own feelings and emotion and exhaust, exhaustion um, and grief. It's definitely yeah. grief throughout, you know, throughout the, the journey. It's definitely a grieving, a grieving process. Um, Do you find now that you've got Eddie, like I noticed you got just a little bit teary sort of talking <laughs> about some of the, the journey at the beginning. Mm. Has it all gone away or do you no. still, yeah. Yeah. No, you're still, I still. Still feel it. Yeah. You always will. Yeah. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think you can forget. No. Not when it goes on for that long. Yeah. Um, and when you, probably when I talk about it like that, that's just like a, <laughs> it's a snippet of the, Absolutely. the depth of it all, you know. Yeah. Um, but I also don't, I don't want to forget because, that's my story. That's yeah. probably the biggest chunk of my testimony yeah. that I want it, you know, I want this to be useful for other people in the same situation or in seasons of waiting or in seasons of grieving. Yeah. Um, it's not the same, obviously, um, for di- in grieving, but yeah, I, I want it to be useful. I want to use what we went through and what I went yeah. through. I think even people. the journey of pregnancy and having babies, mm. like the amount of women you talk to and they've got the most horrific birthing mm. stories or, <laughs> you know, pregnancies yeah. or whatever. I don't know if we realise as women the trauma mm. <laughs> our bodies have actually yeah. gone through, yes. even though we were made to do it. Mm. Um, it can destroy your body. Yes. Um or your mind or your emotions, mm. your hormones are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And just some of the birthing stories, I'm like, I wonder if we realise as women some of the trauma we've actually gone yeah. through, like the amount of women that nearly died or oh, yeah. have lost babies in birth or yeah. like my mum, my mum has the most horrific story early days of, mm. you know, having a stillborn baby and mm. and just how the hospitals yeah. handled it so differently back yeah. then. There was no counselling or mm-hmm. I mean she was put in a room with all the ba- mums that had just had babies to recover Rough. you know like just that that one thing that you go I, I don't know whether we understand sometimes the trauma our bodies have mm-hmm. experienced just mm-hmm. in pregnancy childbirth yeah. and then for you and for others that have gone through IVF mm-hmm. the physicality the demand on your bodies going through such a process mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know whether that just gets better the moment mm. the baby arrives. No, because it's different again. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different <laughs> challenge again, you know. Um, yes, I totally agree deal. with that. Yeah, that's also why I had a C-section <laughs> when you Preach. said the birth. <laughs> I was like, I've been through enough. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to have a C-section. And um, 
I actually went into labour, which was crazy. I was not expecting that because my mum and sister yep. never did. Not that that it is indicative of. I did with Asha. Yeah, yep. I went. Oh. Into, I went into labour that morning that I was booked. Oh wow! I don't know. I'm sure it's your mind. I'm sure of it. Oh man! Like the amount of stories I've got of in my births of just. Mm. I'm sure my mind has a lot to do with oh, how it goes. But um. Oh my god. Yeah, I went into labour that morning. Oh. Just started getting contractions. I was like, come on. <laughs> Oh man! Get me in that. Yeah, get me in that room. That's right. And then it's an emergency again. C-section, which is kind of crazy. I wasn't you- an emergency. I ha- I was early, early stages contractions. Oh, but I thought they technically call it that. That's what oh, they, told, that's what they told me. They <laughs> <laughs> that's what they told me. But even though it's yeah, like elective. I was a week before. I was thirty-eight oh, plus gosh. one. First baby. I was not expecting it <laughs> at all. Well, the day before, someone said you won't. You know, you won't yep. go into labour. Two weeks before our obstetrician said, no, you won't go into labor. And our obstetrician was away. This is so typical of me. It's like (laughs) (laughs) Murphy's law. (laughs) Oh, I just never, things just never like go (laughs) to, you know. And you're such a planner. (laughs) Oh, I am. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it was a week before we were booked and then into labor and in we went. I thought about going natural. You didn't ignore it. Yeah, well, for half an hour I did. Then I woke Ben up. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm in labour. And he said, oh, I don't think you're in labour. The wife snapped. I was oh, like, oh, man. Oh. I was like, well, I don't know what it feels like. No, that you're my fighting words. <laughs> no. Half an hour I was like, he's not going to believe me. I don't know if this is. I was panicking. I was panicking. Just was not prepared. I need to needed to read about that. If you if you're if you're pregnant, that book. if you're pregnant and you're having a C-section, read about it a bit more because it can happen. But anyway, still had a Caesar and it was great. So tell me about maybe a scripture or a worship song mm. or a book or what what were your anchor points? What were the things that you just held to that got you through? I think journaling. I should yep. have done it more. Yep. Should have done it more. Part of me wants to kind of <laughs> publish my journal. I mean, it's quite raw, but well, that's what I was going like to say. That. Like that mm. becomes mm. yeah, such a something. beautiful memory of your story. Yeah, yeah. Even reading this, yeah, it's something that I wrote twelve months ago, and um, when I you know, when I wanted to share, just reading that over again this morning, it was just like, oh gosh, from there to where we are now, yeah. you know, with Eddie three months old, and this was the month we got pregnant wow. <laughs> last year, you know, so it's just crazy. But, um, yeah, journaling, I think, um, I love, I love music being a part of creative yep. team, you know, it's, yeah, there was lots of different songs that, um, I remember the night before we found out we were pregnant, we were in church, um, promise and listening to promises never fail yep. or singing promises never yep. fail. And I've just never worshiped like that before I was like yep. stamping my feet and just like crying out to the Lord I mean it's already done you know yeah <laughs> you know, I was or I wasn't but you know we were just so and Ben was beside me exactly the same yeah um and yeah then we found out the next day that I was I was pregnant and then um I remember Eddie's first church service at home my sister led uh that song yeah yeah so that was beautiful yeah that was one we really we really stood on um uh, when I just before we got pregnant, I was real. I had a real probably a breakdown, and um, that's actually when I I said to you that I've got a story to share, which is pretty crazy in a in a yeah. midst of yeah. <laughs> a breakdown. You know, um, so just really struggling with fear and anxiety, and I listened to um, song stories. Hillsong do song stories, and there was one Joel Houston. Um, I think it was, oh, there was two, Another in the Fire and As You Find Me, yep. the song stories, and then listening to those songs. 
Um, and it was, it was so great because Joel just speaks so honestly yep. about where he was at in a burnout period in his yep. life and just made those songs as well, ones that I listened to over and over and that I, I stood on. And I guess it also just kind of shows that, yeah, depression is quite, you know, still it's quite prevalent yeah. in church situations and burnout and yep and um yeah so I found those really encouraging those songs and I created a playlist that I would listen to because there's a week there where I didn't really sleep that much um and so I just listened to breathe um I think it's called breathe in breathe out it's a city point song and Chad and Lewis also talks about um his struggle with anxiety yep um that um birthed that song as well so mainly yeah listening to those things, I think it just really helped just keep Jesus in my mind and, yep. you know, praying through that whole, that really rough time, but all throughout, you know, the, the four and a half years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and staying in church, I just think you just need Jesus. It's just so much. Yeah. I don't know how people do it without him. I've no. given it a go and then I find myself <laughs> praying like two hours later. It's like, oh, that's right. I wasn't talking You're to like you. like the kid that leaves yeah. home. Gets to the yeah. letterbox is like, nah, I'm going back. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so frustrated. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just yeah, I just think we just held on to Jesus and and Ben and I just held on to each other because you know you just can't. I don't know how people do it without Jesus yeah. and without community, church, yep. friends. Yeah, you know, we've made some of the best friends in our life in yep. you know in, at Highway and yeah, that's how how we got through really. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you probably already answered this, but, you know, what would you say to encourage women that are possibly still waiting, still in that waiting season? I think it can be really hard to think it's possible, mm. to think, it, is it actually going to happen for me? Mm. And what if it doesn't? You know, yeah. you know, do you have anything from your story that you would just say to those women? I would just say it sucks. Yeah. And I'm really sorry. Yeah. Um, that's all I really wanted people <laughs> to say to me. Um, I have a great compassion for people still yeah. in that, you know, in that season. And I think um, I'm thankful for that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I have any wisdom really other than um, my story that it, you know, to just keep on waiting and to keep on trying and yep. um, to just hold on to Jesus and hold on to friends and talk about it. I think yeah. It's very important to find those people you can talk to who've been through it or who haven't been through it. I, I tended to lean on people who hadn't been through it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Did you find sometimes you were even discouraged by someone who had been through it and had children? Did you ever find that was... Oh, look, to be honest, I found it hard to talk to people that hadn't yeah. struggled, that hadn't struggled um, with the same thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's like a two-edged sword because I just said I talked to people who haven't been through it. But then, yeah, if people that had children, yeah, yeah, I just sort of thought, you don't, you don't, don't know, know where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's not, everyone's story is so different. And I, I have actually had um, someone close to me go through a sim, you know, not the same situation, but loss and, I was just so aware of, you know, they would say to me, oh, you get it. And I would say, I don't, you yeah. know, there are some things I can understand. They would talk to me and, and I'll go, that's, you know, that's grief. I remember that from my, yeah. my story. So, you know, I would just, yeah, I would never tell them how to feel. I yeah. would just say, you feel how you need to feel and yeah. you, you take time if you need to take time. 
and you be kind to yourself and yep. you don't push yourself if you can't push yourself because it, it's you're only doing yourself damage. Yep. Um, but just to, yeah, to tell those people that, yeah, find those people that can be there for you and sit with you and, um, yeah. It, yeah, I think – yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm not a wise person. I'm a straight up honest person. <laughs> I, you know, I would tell my story and that's, you know, if that, that helps people, that's, yeah, that's great. But absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a wise person. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Do you have any moments of just knowing that God spoke to you or, you know, just, you know, those moments where you just go, I know you're close, mm. like a, a moment in prayer or conversation mm. or anything that you just go, that was for me, I'm just yeah. going to hold on to that. So many, so many yeah. little things, I think, all throughout, um, which is what kept me holding on to Jesus because sometimes I felt like such a bad Christian. <laughs> just like, this is <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> um, but so many little things yeah. throughout, and I think that's what kept me holding on because there would be songs and it would be just the song I needed to yep. hear in church. Or, yeah, someone would say something from the pulpit. It's like, are you saying my name or what? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know everything? <laughs> um, I think there was a real uh, real breaking point when I, when I sort of um, was kind of having that breakdown and that was just before, literally just like weeks before we had our IVF cycle that's now turned into our little Edison, yep. which is just crazy. Um, and I came to church and – the worst night was the night before, so the Saturday night, and I came to church and I was physically in pain. It had become a physical. I'd had back pain and, yeah, I was, like, not sleeping very well. It was quite um, – I don't know if manic is the right word because I don't yep. want to be insensitive to those people that sort of – that is actually a true description. But, um, yeah, I was really, really quite out. I just remember I was just on the altar and I was just actually saying to the ground, <laughs> please, God, send someone to help me, send someone to help yep. me, send someone to help me. I've never been so desperate before. Yep. And um, and then I went and found Emma Splat and yep. she prayed with me and I just, yeah, that was just so special and she could just really feel, yep. you know, the, the weight of everything. And I, and I feel like through that and through um, praying and listening to that playlist, and really crying out to God like I never have before in that sort of week um, after that was a real um, was a real breaking off of yep. a lot of things that I'd carried awesome. for years probably, yep. and a lot of my even my mindset. Yep. Um, and yeah, so it was a real that was just like a real like breaking off of a lot of things yep. and just a lot of things just dropped and that obviously really had to go. Yeah. Um, and it may not have gone if you hadn't faced mm. the challenge you faced. Mm. And you think you're good. There'll be different times you think you're good and then other times where you're really not and then yeah. you think you've dealt with things and then – but I feel like that I would just never – that's just so um, pivotal, I think, in yeah. my life but also in this journey that I just probably had to get to that point where it was just total reliance on the Lord yeah. and, and things just having to change and break off to be able to continue on, um, whether that was to get pregnant or just within myself then. Yep. Um, and I have to say that since since that, I've not felt as, not sort of returned to those thought patterns yeah. as as much. Sometimes still, because <laughs> it's challenging, <laughs> you know, like motherhood is challenging in a different way. But yeah, I feel like that was really um, instrumental in just yep. moving me forward in, 
in life really. He loves us too much to leave us mm. where we were. Mm. And would you say as hard as this journey has been, mm. has it deepened and strengthened your faith? Do you yeah, think? yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's made it more real. You know, yeah. I've been in church my whole life, my husband, most of his life as well. Yep. And I, you know, I think you, yeah, when you've been around you, you feel like you've heard it all, you yep. know, when you've been around for a long time. But I think when you go through personal um, struggle, it makes it more real. And I think it, and it makes it, um, you're more desperate for the Lord and yep. you need him more. You realize your need, um, but you realize his grace and his love and his, yep. um, his kindness, you yeah. know, it's hard at times as well because you also go, "What the heck? Like, yeah. how can you? Why put your children? Yeah. You know, how can you put your children through this?" Which yes. he's not, obviously, but that's a real challenge. Yeah. It's really, really um, challenged my faith a lot. Yeah, um, it becomes personal. It becomes mm, something you've heard yeah. to something you've walked out. Yes, and I think the deeper compassion for others. Yeah, um, yeah. In in like what I shared before with that, you know, that friend that yeah. had that loss in a different, in same sort of, um, yeah, just being able to share. But, and then another friend I remember when I was sort of in the thick of our stuff and, and they were as well being able to just sit across the table and, you know, where I, I would have told, like, you know, five years ago I would have may have said some really cliche things, but yep. that's why I just say it sucks because yep. that's, it does, it sucks. Yep. It sucks to wait. Yeah, <laughs> It sucks to be you know, in a situation that you just can't seem to get out of, not for want of trying yeah. or, you know, surrendering, but yes. you know, you've got one eye open still, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it does. Yeah. It's hard. So the compassion, I think I'm really glad that I have that deeper, um, I think compassion for others yeah. through what we, through what we went through. Yeah. And I just think that's God's nature. He never does mm. something in us or for us. That's just for us. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's always, yes, it blesses us, but it always should flow, Yeah, you know, onto other people. Definitely. And, you know, do something great mm. for someone else as well. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Well, I've loved chatting to you today. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you for sharing your story so openly okay. and bravely. We're so excited. Little Edison's here. Yeah. <laughs> that he's happy and healthy. And, um, yeah, it's been great chatting. Yeah. Thanks, Kaya. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You can help keep the conversation going by subscribing and staying connected. Catch you next time for another Brave Conversation.